Hopefully, are we up there yet, Mike, ready to go? We're good. All right, good. Um, I really believe that the Lord has given me a timely word, a message for us all today. And um, it's, it's not going to be an easy word. It wasn't an easy word for me to get and to, to actually prepare. But I really believe it is appropriate for what is going on in our nation and globally. But also, this being the season of the Passover. So if you would, if you would turn to Isaiah chapter 8. I've entitled it, What Voices Are We Listening To? See, there's a lot of voices out there. What are we listening to? So starting in verse 11. Lord, I just pray as I share this word, Lord, I pray your anointing upon me to say the things that you would want me to share today in Yeshua's name. Amen. Starting in verse 11. For thus Adonai spoke to me with a strong hand, warning me that I should not walk in the way of these people, saying, Do not say it is a conspiracy about everything that these people call a conspiracy. You must not fear or tremble of what they fear. Adonai Tsebaot, him will you sanctify, and let him be your fear, trembling at him. He will be a sanctuary, but a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense to both houses of Israel. And as I was reading that this morning, I said, let me read this in, in, the, in terms of contemporary terms of what's going on here in the United States. He will be a sanctuary, but a stone of stumbling and a rock of events to both the Democrats and the Republicans. In other words, God is speaking to us. This is not a political thing that's going on and that we need to pay attention to what he's saying. A trap and a snare to the inhabitants of Jerusalem. Verse 15, many among them will stumble, fall, and be broken, snared and caught. Bind up the testimony. Seal the instruction with my disciples. I will wait for Adonai, who is hiding his face from the house of Jacob, and I will look eagerly for him. Verse 18, here I am with the children that Adonai has given me as a sign and wonders in Israel from Adonai Tsevaot, who dwells on Mount Zion, who they say to you, consult the mediums and necromancers who chirp and mutter. Shouldn't the people seek their God? Should a people consult the dead on behalf of the living to Torah and to the testimony? If they do not speak according to this word, it is because they have no light. They will pass this way that are hard-headed, are hard-pressed and hungry. And it will turn out that when they are hungry, they will become enraged and curse their king and their God. Whether they turn their faces upward or look to the earth, behold, distress and darkness, the gloom of anguish, and they will be driven into darkness. It's a pretty heavy word that the Lord is speaking right there. You see, there's a lot of voices today, voices of doom and gloom, leading to fear and panic on a worldwide basis. 
the experts that we're listening to, they all have their ideas and philosophies and ideas of what's going on. Contradicting information is being put out, advice that contradicts the previous advice from the day before. And what we call chirp, what the scriptures call chirping and muttering chirping and muttering. There's a lot of voices out there that are being spoken today, but we need to be hearing to, to, to the kingdom and have our, have our ears and our hearts in tune to what the throne of God is saying. What is God saying to us today? And I want to talk today about the spirit of, the, of this world and how it operates, because we are in the world system, but we are not of it. And I'm going to say that a couple of times during this message. We are in the world, but we are not of it. In other words, we are to be a different, a holy, a set-apart, sanctified people. And we're not to be following in the ways that everybody else is following. That's what Isaiah was saying right there. So we're in the world system, but we are not of it. But we need to know, especially these days, how the world operates, the world systems operate. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 12, and Paul writes this. And Paul, he understood because he was, a, he, was a, he was in the religious world. And he was also very political, but he was also a lawyer. He understood the spirit of the age that he was living in. He writes in 1 Corinthians 2, 12, he says, Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, so we might come to know the things freely given to us by God. What is the spirit of the age? I believe it's a demonically inspired mindset. It's a demonically inspired mindset foreign to and opposed to the spirit of God. And it's all over the world. It operates in rebellion. It operates in pride. It operates in falsehood and deception. And Yeshua speaks a lot to the spirit of the age, to the spirit of the world. Let's see what he has to say in some of these scriptures. In John chapter 12, verse 31, now is the judgment of this world. Now the prince of this world will be driven out. So there's a name given to the devil, to Satan. He is the prince of this world, and he will be driven out. Matter of fact, when Yeshua went to the cross, that was the biggest defeat that the devil ever had and ever will have. And we need to know that and walk in the truth of Yeshua's victory at the cross. Chapter 14 of John and verse 30 says, I will not talk with you much longer, for the ruler of this world is coming, but he has nothing on me. And if Yeshua is living in me, the devil, the ruler of this world, has nothing on me. He has nothing on you. And again in chapter 16, verse 11 of John. And concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world has been judged. We see in the scriptures that Satan is the boss of this world system. But we, again, we're not of it. We're in it, but we are not of it. We're of a different something. We're a new creation. We are not part of that world system. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 4. In their case... The God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelieving so they might not see the light of the good news of the glory of Messiah, who is the image of God. So that spirit is trying to blind the eyes and is doing a pretty good job of blinding the eyes of those who are unbelievers. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 2, it says, In that time, 
See, all of us were in the world at one time or another before we were called out of that world into the marvelous light of the kingdom of God. We were all in that world. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 2, it says, At that time, you walked in the way of this world in conformity to the ruler of the domain of the air, the ruler of the spirit who is now operating in the sons of disobedience. And it's interesting, the ruler of the air, the airwaves. And, and you know, the, the enemy tries to, to um, you know... He, he's in charge of, of things. We're going to talk about the media in a few minutes, but you know what? And even this morning as we were kind of getting things set up and we we're having our little difficulties and everything, hallelujah, we just prayed and God is working it all out. But you know what? When we walk in the ways of God, the airwaves that Satan controls, they have no control over us. So what is the goal of the spirit of this age, the spirit of the world. This is the goal that the enemy wants to do. He would want man, that would man would be separated from God by rebelling against his law, his Torah. See, it's based in a lie that God's Torah, and this is the lie that is it's spread all over in different ways, in different, in different words. The lie is that God's Torah keeps us from being free, so we need to rid ourselves of the chains of the Torah. And yet, Torah is freedom. Torah, the instructions of God, is freedom to us. But see, the enemy tries to twist it. It's bondage. You put yourself under bondage. You put yourself under law. And see, that's what the enemy tries to do. The spirit of this age is to that man would be separated from God by rebelling against his law. Secondly, the, the, the goal of the spirit of this age is to make sin tolerable, to make it acceptable. And you know what? If you read in Romans chapter 1, you'll see that all over Romans chapter 1. And I want to read just a few verses in Romans chapter 1, starting at verse 28, <clears throat> talking about the spirit of this age. And I just encourage you, to read Romans chapter 1, because Paul nails it, what it is. Starting in verse 28, And just as they did not see it fit to recognize God, God gave them over to a depraved mind to do what is not fitting. They became filled with all unrighteousness, wickedness, greed, evil. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, malice. They are gossips, slanderers, God-haters, insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents. They are foolish, faithless, heartless, ruthless. Though they know God's righteous decree, the Torah, that those who practice such things deserve death, they not only do them, but they also approve of others who practice the same. Wow, what an indictment of the spirit of the world, the spirit of this age. It's nothing new. Wasn't invented in Paul's time. As a matter of fact, we see that in the garden in Genesis chapter 3. We see that Adam and Eve, they had a relationship, an intimate relationship with the Father. The devil had been cast out, thrown. He was on earth and he's roaming around. And he goes and finally he's having this, this, this conversation with, with Eve. And, and he says, has God really said you see, that's, in a nutshell, the spirit of the world, doubting, mocking God. Has God really said? You see, I, I think that there is a job description in the scriptures 
for the devil. We can read it. It's in John chapter 10, 10. It says, you know, he's come to steal, kill, and destroy. We all know that. But let me put it into, into terms that we can understand. His job description is to keep unbelievers out of the kingdom of God and to keep those who are in the kingdom miserable. That's what the enemy wants to do. He does not have a good plan for you. He does not have good purposes for you because he's in rebellion. That's the nature. That's who he is, to keep us miserable who are in the kingdom and keep those that are in darkness from coming into the kingdom. And see, that works in the opposite way of Yeshua in the kingdom of God. You see, Yeshua says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And that's opposite motivation of the spirit of the world. Yeshua is the way. Yeshua is the truth. And Yeshua is the life. Amen? Amen. So I want to talk about the spirit of the world and how it commingles with the media and the spirit of the age and we need to be aware because today we are hearing all kinds of voices, like I said. And so I want to just, I want us to spend a, a little bit of time talking about the media. This is a crazy time we're living in. This is our extraordinary times. Just think about how in the last month, just in the last few weeks, how everything has been upended. And so, and, and you know, and I said this a few weeks ago, and I want to encourage you, is limit your consumption of the media because the media is under the spirit of this age. But we'll be talking about that in a minute. Yeshua, let's look at his words in Matthew chapter 13. And actually, he's referring back to what Isaiah said. Matthew chapter 13, verse 14. And in them, the prophecy of Isaiah is being fulfilled, which says, you will keep on hearing, but will never understand. You will keep looking, but you will never see. For the heart of this people has become dull. Their ears can barely hear, and they have shut their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, and understand with their hearts. Then they would turn back, and I would heal them. And that's what Yeshua is quoting from Isaiah. But then Yeshua goes on and says, but blessed are your eyes because they see and your ears because they hear. It's so important because there's so much noise that's going on out there. We're to respond differently than the world because we have spiritual eyes and spiritual ears that are in tune, in tune with the kingdom of God. So I believe, in, and I'm not going to get into an a, a in-depth teaching on this, but there's two demonic manifestations at work today in the crisis that is going on. There's many more demonic manifestations, but I want to just touch on these two. Jezebel, Leviathan. And if you study them through the scriptures, they, have, they are evil. It's just plain evil. And I really believe that they are working in conjunction with the media, the prince of the power of the air, in what is going on today with all the confusion and fear and panic. Jezebel and Leviathan. Let me just briefly talk about Jezebel. I'm not going to be teaching on this. What is the spirit of Jezebel? We see it throughout the scriptures. If you really, you know, you look at the person of Jezebel in, in 1 Kings and Elijah and all of that took place there. Jezebel, the spirit of Jezebel, attacks the true prophetic. 
attacks the true prophetic and brings division, brings division between people and congregations and cities and in nations by seducing and luring from the truth. We also see that in Revelation too. And we see this today, and I'm not going to spend a lot of time, but all the gender confusion that is going on today, where do you think that comes from? Where is that coming from? The excesses that we see in that, and, and also just as, you know, we, we've heard a lot about in the last couple of years, and I'm not going to spend any time on that, but there's a, there's, there's a lie that somehow men are evil, men have oppressed, and so that that spirit kind of hooks onto the lies and, and increases it and magnifies it. We need to be careful and cut ourselves off, off from that. But I want to talk about Levi Leviathan. Leviathan, and there's a lot in the scriptures about Leviathan if you read Job's chapter 41 and 42. And I'm going to read specifically some verses in Job chapter 41. Let me make sure I get there here. In Job chapter 41, starting in verse 17, and this is an incredible description of this spirit of Leviathan. When he rises up, the mighty are afraid. Well, isn't that the case today? Mighty people in power, <laughs> Wall Street people, political people, kings and queens, they're all, man, they're all afraid. When he rises up, the mighty are afraid. At his crashing, they retreat. A sword that reaches him has no effect, nor with a spear, dart, or javelin. He regards iron as a straw, bronze as a rotten wood. Arrows do not make him flee. Sling stones become like chaff to him. A club is regarded as stubble. He laughs at the rattle of a lance. He, his undersides are jagged potsherds, leaving a trail like a threshing sledge in mud. He makes the deep boil like a cauldron and stirs up the sea like a pot of ointment. He leaves a shining wake behind him. One would think the deep had white hair. Nothing on dry land is his equal, a creature without fear. He sees Every haughty thing, he is king over all who are proud. Whoa, what a description. Some other scriptures that talk about Levi Leviathan, Isaiah chapter 27, verse 1. In that day, Adonai will punish the fleeing serpent with his fierce, great, strong sword. And guess what? That sword is the spirit of the word. The word, the word of God and the spirit. That's how we do battle with Leviathan. Let me read that again. In that day, Adonai will punish Leviathan, the fleeing serpent, with his fierce, great, strong sword. Leviathan, the twisted serpent, he will slay the dragon in the sea. In Psalm 74, David talks about the, this twisting of spirit when he's, he's having his issues with Saul. Psalm 74, verse 12. Yet God is my king of old, working salvation in the midst of the land. You shut the sea with your power. You smash the monster's heads in the waters. You crush the heads of Leviathan, giving him as a food to the desert dwellers. The nature of Leviathan is to twist, to twist facts, to twist even the truth. And it's working through the media today even as we speak. 
It's a piercing, a piercing serpent, kind of like a, a crocodile or an alligator that spins and twists to wound its prey. It first wounds its prey by piercing and then destroys him by spinning and twisting. And it's undetected. It's under the water. If you've ever seen a crocodile, you know, they, you just see the top, their eyes, and, and the rest of them, they're undetected. They're underwater. And they pierce while they're twisting. And it's interesting because I, I had this, this visual for me today. And I don't know if you're growing up and, you know, we'd have recess and we'd go out into the playground in our school. And then we had these, uh, these old merry-go-rounds, you know, the merry-go-rounds that I'm talking about. And you'd get a bunch of guys, and you'd start spinning on that to get it as fast as you can. You'd jump on. And, and I just remember doing that and thinking it's cool, and you're just feeling sick and nauseated because you're spinning around. You lose your equilibrium. You become disorientated when you kind of get off of that, and you're stumbling around. Well, that's what Leviathan does, that twisting spirit, twist words. And it's twisting the news that's coming out. It's like being on that old merry-go-round, and you feel like throwing up afterwards. So the twisting incapacitates the prey by disorientating it. That's what the Spirit does. And we see this in, in Psalm 56, verse 6. David talking about the issue with Saul. He says, all day they twist my words. All their thoughts are against me for evil. They twist the words. And you've seen that happen. You can be saying something and you think you know what you're saying and somebody else receives it and somehow that prince of the power of the air has just twisted it out and it's like, and then what's left is hurt, misunderstanding and all that. Here's what we need to do during this time. And I mean this with all of my heart. We need to pray that this Leviathan is exposed. And as we read, it has many heads. It's not just one thing. It has many heads. And so pray that it is exposed. And this is as important as praying for the exposing of this is don't agree with the spirit of Leviathan. Don't agree with it. Just like the three Hebrew children that we talked about a few weeks ago, Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego in Daniel chapter 3. When they're before the king, and the king has said, you know what, we don't want you to be worshiping your God anymore. Just obey the decrees. And, and their, their comments to the king were, we don't need to answer you. He, God, he will deliver us out of your hand. We will not serve your gods. And that needs to be our heart, our passion, and our attitude during these days, especially as we're going into Passover. This is a crossing over season. This is a time for us where we, 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 we recognize and we, we remember and we observe the great redemption of God for the people of Israel out of Egypt. We're reminded of that miraculous redemption, the parting of the sea. But we're also reminded of the power of the blood to deliver us from anything that can come upon us. There is more power in one drop of Yeshua's blood than anything else that we can be depending upon. Yeshua said to the children of Israel, as they were in their homes, like many of us in our homes, God said, I want you to, to, to take that lamb and, and kill it, and I want you to take a hyssop branch and take the blood, dip it in the blood, and put it on the door frames of your doors. And then God says, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. 
we are protected. The children of Israel were protected by that blood. Have we applied the blood of Yeshua to our lives? You see, when we do, no fear, no famine, no, no, no disease, uh, no plague is going to come upon us. Especially in these days as we come towards the Passover. Let me just give you a couple of facts about the media to tie this in with the Leviathan. I was blown away when I heard this. 90% of media is under the control of six corporations. I'm talking about all the media in all the world is under six corporations. 232 executives create and send out news, which I call propaganda, a lot of it. The enemy has the microphone. And think about this. Millennial generation, 80 million millennials being propagandized by social media today. You see the power? The enemy realizes the power of the air and the power of the airways. And, and why do you think he wants to have control of the media? Think about it. Isn't that interesting that there is a shaking happening during the Passover season? This was prophesied by Chuck Pierce and others years ago that there would be a shaking during this Passover. And what is the shaking? I believe it's a shaking that's happening upon the unbelievers, but also a shaking especially to the bride of Messiah, to the body of Messiah. First of all, to the unbelievers. They are being shaken of their confidence in the world system. They're looking at the world system. They're looking at all the institutions and governments and saying, they're not able, they don't have any answers. And the answer that they gave us yesterday is invalid today. So it's being shaken. But I believe, and I want to talk to the body of Messiah, God is shaking us from our comfort. God is shaking us from our apathy. God is shaking us from our just looking at our own stuff and just, and just you know, focusing in our house and on our stuff and accumulating. And I believe that what's happened just in the last few weeks is, is it should shake us it should shake us incredibly out of any kind of apathy. And we should be, of all people, going, God, we need to go to you for our solutions during this time. I want to read some scriptures out of Haggai, the book of Haggai. Chapter 1. I'm going to read uh, verses 1 through 11. In the second year, well, let me give you a little bit of a context of here as Children of Israel were released beforehand um, to go back to Jerusalem. You know, they were in captivity in Babylon, and they were released to go back to, to Jerusalem with the goal of to build the temple and to build the walls. Um, but then they got kind of uh, lackadaisical in, their, in, in what they were doing, and they began to focus on building their own houses and kind of accumulating things, and the work of building the temples was kind of put aside. Let's listen to what the Word of God says in Haggai chapter 1, verse 1. In the second year of King Darius... In the sixth month, on the first day of the month, the word of Adonai came through Haggai, the prophet to Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, and to Joshua, son of Jehozadak, Kohen Gadol. Thus says Adonai Tsevaot, this people say the time has not come, the time for the house of Adonai to be rebuilt. Then the word of Adonai came through Haggai, the prophet. Is it a time for you yourselves to dwell in your paneled houses? while this house lies in ruins? But now, thus says Adonai Tzavod, set your heart on your ways. You sowed much, but bring in little. 
You eat, but are never satisfied. You drink, but not enough to get filled. You put on clothes, but no one is warm. And whoever earns wages works for a bag full of holes. Wow. Sounds like today. All the wealth that was created in this country over the last three years, and it seems like in the last month, all of it's been dissipated, like a bag full of holes. Verse 7, thus says Adonai Tzavot, set your heart on your ways. Go up to the hills, bring wood, and build the house. Then I will delight in it, and I will be glorified, said Adonai. You have looked for much, but indeed there is little. What you have brought home, I have blown away. Why is this? It is a declaration of Adonai Tzavot, because my house lies in the ruins, while you are running each to his own house. Wow. It's time to rebuild the temple. Know ye not that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit and he dwells inside of you? This is a time of, of building up the temple, talking about us as believers, but also the, the body of Messiah at this time. It's time to build the walls and to build the, the temple and to, to focus on the things that are the most important, kingdom things. See, God blew away their wealth to wake them up. Look what it says in verses 14 and 15 of that same chapter. Then Adonai stirred the spirit of Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, and the spirit of Joshua, son of Jehozadak, Kohen Gadol, and the spirit of all the remnant of the people. And they came and did work on the house of Adonai Zeboot, their God. God blew away their wealth to wake them up. That word stirred in Hebrew is the same as to be awakened. They were awakened. And this is a time when God is, is not wanting us to be fearful, but to be awakened to his kingdom purposes. Well, you know what? I want to read these, these um, verses also in, in chapter 2. Hold on, I'll get there. I just lost my place, but we'll be there in just a second. Well, basically, God is saying he will shake the nations. And isn't that what's happening today is that God is shaking everything. Everything that can be shaken is being shaken, and the nations are being shaken. And I believe that we, as the body of Messiah, are being shaken because we have an unfinished task before us. I believe God is a God of solutions. God is a God of answers. And instead of us finding the answers through the media and through the, the government uh, offices and things like that, we need to be going, banging on the doors of heaven and say, God, we need to know what you're speaking to us. He has an unfinished task before all of us right now. And I believe people are in their fear and in their everything being shaken in their lives. They're looking for answers. And we have the message of the king. We have the message of Yeshua to be sharing with people during these times. So I want to bring things to a close here. As I conclude this message, as the Israelites, and think this is quite, quite interesting, as the Israelites were in their homes at the time of the Passover, they were in their homes and, and they were gathering in their families 
And they, were, they had seen all that was going on and all the plagues beforehand. And it's interesting. What do you think the media during that time was all about? You know, I'm sure every culture at every time in history has had a media. And the Egyptian media, how do you think they were talking about the plagues and all that was going on? But here the children of Israel were in their homes listening to the voice of God. And that's what we should be doing during these times is saying, God, what are you speaking? And that we should be looking with spiritual eyes to the kingdom and hearing with spiritual ears what he is speaking to us. We need to stand against the plague of fear. There is a plague of fear. Yeah, there's a real virus out there. But I'm saying that the plague of fear is even more serious and more dangerous. It's a fear that's not just about the disease, but it's a fear about finances. Think about this. Just in the last two weeks, 10 million people have filed for unemployment insurance. This is amazing. Everything was going gangbusters until... There's a break on the economy, and all these things are happening. And there's a lot of fear going on. People are losing their jobs and not even sure when this thing is over if they're going to have their jobs back. I want to re remind you of what the prophet Isaiah said. I just read, th I read this at the beginning of the message in Isaiah 8.12. Do not say it is a conspiracy about everything that these people call a conspiracy. You must not fear or tremble at what they fear. You see, God has called us to be different than the world. He's called us to, to trust him to a higher level of trust. And at this Passover season, especially right now in these days, in these next four days, it's a time where we're cleaning out our houses of all the leaven. And God wants us, these appointed times, these moedim that he has in the scriptures, they're not just, you know, just a, to something to do as a tradition or an observance. No, they're real. God is saying at these appointed times, I want you to use this time to get rid of leaven, the leaven in your own lives, the flesh in your own lives, the fear, the, the blame, the, 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 the anxieties, the, the ways that you've been operating over the last year. God says, get rid of that leaven. Get it out of your midst. And he wants us to reapply the blood, his blood, his precious blood that was shed 2,000 years ago at this time to reapply that over our hearts, over our lives, over our families. We've been praying Psalm 91 for the last few weeks, and I just want to encourage you to apply, to reapply the blood over you and your family at this time. That's what this season is all about. That's what it's all about. You see, God is a God of peace. He's a God of shalom. The world around us, there's, there's no peace right now. There's no shalom. We're looking to government agencies. We're looking to doctors and scientists for answers. And you know what? God can use them. But he has answers. He has solutions for you today. And I just want to encourage you to run to the throne. Run to the king. His ears are open. Get rid of the stuff in our lives Get rid of the flesh. Get rid of the leaven in our own lives so that, so that we can be holy vessels before him. He's given us strategies. He's given us a strategy to meet as a community. I miss meeting together as all of us together. I miss those days. I'm sitting here in a, in a 
sanctuary that's empty right now, except for my wife and Mike. I don't know, maybe the, the chairs are filled with angels. and Hi, guys. But this is us. I want to see us back together. But God has given us a strategy to be community at this time. We're doing this online. And, and it's been a challenge, but it's been, a, it's been good. And we're also, our leadership is, is out reaching out to the congregation and saying, how are you doing? How can we pray for you? This is a special time. God was not blindsided by any of that's going on right now. He's not been blindsided by anything. And I want you to put your trust in him. And you know, as I close this message today, I um, one, of our, one of our leaders, Laura, David and Laura Ernstein, but Laura, the Lord gave her a prayer, and a powerful prayer. And I've asked her to read this prayer for us today. So Laura, are you there? Hey, Laura. All right. Well, the Lord's given you a, a, a prayer and, and with some scripture, and I, I just want you to read that for us today. 